0: Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your uh, possibly long
1: Easter weekend? Right. It's funny, we don't get like a holiday. We get so many holidays for the most weirdest things in America. And then one of our biggest holidays is definitely Easter. But we don't get a holiday Mm -hmm. day off work or anything for that.
0: I I sort of get why we don't, even though we do still get all the days off uh at Christmas. All right, we get my, Christmas um, off.
1: Yeah, what's up with that?
0: Yeah, my my family from Tennessee came up uh for the for the weekend and my brother-in-law works for um Christian Radio Network. Mm-hmm. So, he had off Friday, but I had to uh take a half day, but I'm hourly, so I don't don't really really mind that. Um that was my that was my big weekend thing we had several um big meals but the big meal for me is i uh i, I took a crack at replicating our buddy pat's um crab boil or oh, as my wow. brother-in-law calls it low country boil <laughs> um well that's nice though
1: that was always good every yeah. year
0: yeah yeah it's i know that i knew that um it, at at The my parents' farm here, where I'm living, we had stuff like a giant uh, stockpot that my brother David bought for uh, making beer that I think we maybe used once. And I knew we had the big um, freestanding propane burner, like that you would fry a turkey with. Yeah, you know, you hook up to a propane can and uh, do all that. And so I'm like, well, we have all the gear. All I need is. Uh, You know, all of this, all this food. And so mom was making a Costco run before, before the weekend. And I was like, yeah, get some, some crab and some shrimp and some red potatoes and some corn and some sausage. Just throw it in the pot. Yeah. And then, and then all it took from there was, um, I looked up a recipe for the, um, uh, I've never I don't think I've ever actually eaten at a red lobster but it's what Lo- red lobster calls their cheddar bay biscuits oh yeah
1: I have some of those
0: and they're just they're just butter biscuits with old bay and uh cheese shredded cheese mixed into them and I was like I'll take a take a stab at this I know I've seen pat make them when we did it at uh a Fox Dencon from a mix and I'm like I don't know if I could find that mix but I could just try it I know we've got all the all the baking staples. We also pretty much always have on hand flour and uh, so forth. And, and those turned out really good too. People are like, Oh, these biscuits are amazing. And I'm like, well, (laughs) every, every batch of a dozen uses an entire stick of butter. I don't know how they could not be amazing as long as I, as long as I don't burn them, which, uh, you know, I didn't do. So uh, yeah, that went, we've, my family has never done anything like this, right? Like my extended family it was all from the midwest right so you didn't used to be able to get seafood really or if you did it was prohibitively expensive right and it's because you know my family as they're as they're eating it as they're dealing with pulling the meat out of the crab legs and all that they're like they're like how come we've never done this before and i'm like oh, i don't know none of grandparents or aunts and uncles ever did it i don't think anybody could afford it like when i was a kid and, uh, and so, yeah, I was like, I was like, let's try it if it works. Cause it's really, it, you know, this weekend was really only maybe half of my family, my, you know, cause we're all my brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, if it, if it goes well, if nothing goes wrong and if everybody likes it, which again, there's so much butter. On butter is <laughs> body right. Anybody couldn't. There was so much <laughs> um, butter in your body. It's delicious. There was nobody, nobody particularly, you know, shellfish averse. Or anything like that. I was like, then next time we all get together and it's the right time of year, we'll do it again. And uh, yeah, I think we will. Nice, so, of course. I mean, I su- it's, it's, it's
1: a surprise that that people would want to do you know free crab and sausage and butter every year. That would mm-hmm. I'm surprised that that's they would want to keep doing that.
0: So that that it that's a popular. Yeah, I think if the whole family is around, I'll probably have to have people pitch in <laughs> of course because even seafood is still not cheap in the midwest they still got to ship it in from the coasts but uh yeah unless it's farm-raised
1: but <laughs> well we we didn't actually get to do a whole lot this this last weekend um it was a nice uh, small at home type thing we uh had a thing with church we usually go to church but they, this year was like reservations type stuff because of the restrictions there still for large gatherings uh, so we just mm. kind of made it a, a nice thing. My, 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 da- my daughter, Sydney, she's you know 14. She'll be 15 this month. And, and, and I, she was, she's right there on the edge of whether she should get a Easter basket or not, but like she still got one and it was mm. great. And mm-hmm. and I actually like the fact that she gets one at this age Cause you can give her like the good candy and she appreciates it instead of the little junkie. Sure. Which is sure. Then, that you end up just having tons of jelly beans and peeps around for the next six months. But cause no one actually wants to eat that stuff. Um, or at least in the amounts that, that they usually get at, at Easter. Um, so, yeah, she just gets, like, some chocolates and it'll be gone next week. And, and then she'll have a stomach ache for the next three weeks. But, you know, it's good. <laughs> I, no, it's been and, – and for our normal weather report thing, it's been so beautiful here. I am such a big spring person, and I cut the grass for the first <laughs> time, like, it, this this week. Nice. And nice. it is just so – good sitting down on a nice cool day after you've you know mowed the lawn you have that fresh grass cut smell and it's you know seven eight o'clock at night and the sun is still just setting and it just feels so fulfilling to have done things that matter besides sitting in your house all winter long doing internal projects right it it, it was it's really nice that made it a nice easter kind of day so I'm, i'm really happy for that which reminds me i was i was driving listening to podcasts as i was um I do that when I mow like as podcasters listen to podcasts,
0: yeah, yep. same when i had a when I had a yard I did right the same. right
1: uh, and they had uh, I listened to a, a podcast called ninety nine percent invisible and uh it's okay. it, it's uh, they pick a topic you know w- whenever they publish mm-hmm. and they and they really do a lot of research, and it's one of those like well funded kind of podcasts um, okay and uh they have a uh, it, it it's a lot of different things. this week happened to be a topic of the history of movie theaters and the big Cineplex, which was Mm. really, it was a really cool actually. And I recommend, I recommend this podcast anyway, but that was a neat thing. It's like 30 minute little show that has a really good informative. And they go and interview people from things. And they talked about AMC and where, how it was made really cool. Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, two things about that. One was that um, at the end, they're talking about how this time in history is a point when, that can be a big shift in how movies are made, what they're made, and how they're just changed and stuff. This could be a monumental thing that right. happens. And, that, and he says, but then it ends with, he went looking for reminders of why theater's experiences were good, and he played on the air the, a audience uh, reaction to Endgame, of like when, mm. at the end, when, sure. when, like on your left, sure. the on your left part and how everybody right. you know and you can just hear it over the podcast things you don't see anything because it's a podcast but you just hear yeah, the yeah. React and you know what's happening you know like you know the on your left mm-hmm. and then you hear the uban type thing when he comes through and you're like everyone's going nuts and, and i'm like and mm-hmm. the, and it ends with the guy's like you know i just want to go walk right now i want to go into a theater with a bunch of strangers and have a shared experience like yeah that's yeah. after all this that's kind of something that was a neat cap to that you know no matter what now we have the Mm -hmm. everyone's convenience to things that are great and you don't have to you know go to movie theaters you can experience things how at least right now the the way you want and there's so much good consumable things at home um but it's just it's just a different thing it's you know they're they're not they're not they're not equal and we'll talk about that a little bit later when we talk about uh godzilla and stuff um but they don't have to be right they just don't they don't have to be you you have an experience that you want the way you want it to be right Mm -hmm. Uh, it's kind of like i can go race my bike really fast around down a hill and get a get a thrill or i can go to a, a six flags and go to a roller coaster right just different kinds of sure. things um yeah and the second part was that uh you know he's mentioned that he was in like the bay area or something and i was and i as i was riding and i was enjoying the wonderful weather i was like you know what at some point I'm going to talk to Dennis and we're going to move out to San Diego and then just going to have, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to broadcast from San Diego all the time in beautiful, <laughs> sunny weather. And I can, I can just do podcasts all night in the evenings. It'll be wonderful. Thanks. Uh, nice. So yeah, it's, it's uh it's, you know, podcasts like the show we have here is funny meta type thing talking about it, but um people, you know, it's funny how this, this thing comes along, especially in the, um the pandemic time that you get to listen to other people's opinions and their thoughts and, different than news type stuff and it can be anybody's personal opinions and you like those and widely distributed and it's the podcast networks out there today are really fun and interesting and you can always find people with like you know interests it's pretty cool
0: Uh so yeah yeah i wanted to um uh, uh talk just just a little bit about a game because you know i had some extended family at yeah, yeah. the house, and we didn't, we didn't play a lot of games. Um, there's, you know, a, just a lot going on. A lot of meal prep. Not as many small kids. I think this family's uh, my nephew. Um, boy, I should know this, but I, I want to say he's like six, mm-hmm. maybe seven. Um, so he's still pretty, pretty energetic. But it's not like there are no babies or or toddlers. In the house, but it was still just kind of a lot going on, and um, you know, nobody but me will ever start a game, and I'm not, I'm not very forceful in social situations. So sure. <laughs> anyway, anyway, all that to say, uh, uh, we played a game or two of um, Six Nimit, oh, yeah. that we've yeah. talked about before, mm-hmm. the number number counting game. Um, but I got a couple of new Kickstarter games because that's that's mm-hmm. still happening. But I would gotten these a couple of um, couple of months ago. They're by Looney Labs, which is kind of funny because um, I'm not a huge fan of Flux, which is their mm, like yeah. main, mm-hmm. main product line. It just seemed chaotic and random to me. Um, but they developed this system that they call Looney Pyramids. And they are they're pyramids, right? They look like D4s. They're they're four-sided with an open bottom, uh, tall kind of uh, elongated pyramids, um, right? So instead of where a, a D4 is is more square, like these are longer on the vertical sides uh, so that they can stack. Um, and what it basically is, is just a a system that you can develop games for just like a standard deck of cards. Um and so I'm sure something about that intrigued me when this Kickstarter came around. But um what I got is a game called Nomids. Okay. Which is um it's just a subset of those pieces. Like I think they have a big box um that has more more pyramids in more different colors. Um, but this one has, I want to say, ten colors and three pyramids of each color. So what they call a set. And then the pyramids have three sizes and the sizes have little pips on them to show one, two, and three. Um, and they, uh, they nest together. Um, so if you put they're open on the bottom, so if you put the medium one on the small one and the large one on the medium one, it's a flat, uh, little thing. So they, they fit in the box that way. um, but the game, the actual no-mids game, which is it's basically an abbreviation of no pyramids, um, is you put all pyramids in the middle. And everybody takes one of each size, all different colors. Okay. And then there's a, there's a die. This is the only weak part of this game to me, is that there's a die with little symbols on it. And I, I know why they did this, too. It's so that you can map those symbols to different actions to design new games for these components okay um but the symbols on the die let you do different things you either put one in the bank put a pyramid in the bank you take a pyramid from the bank you give a pyramid from one player to another you swap pyramids between two players or you take a pyramid from the bank and give it to somebody else other than you and then one of the faces is wild and you pick one of those actions. Okay. Um, and then the goal—I probably should have said that at the start. Your goal is to get rid of all your pyramids in front of you, uh, so that you have no mids. And no, no mids. Um, no mids. And then the the power, the whatever word you want to use for that, is if you have all three of a given color. So you have small, medium, and large of the same color you can put all of those in the bank together as a as a set. And so it's it's if if all of that is making sense, um the gameplay is very fast because you'll get people move stuff around and as as we played it a couple times, people started to get savvy to the strategy a little bit and go okay, well, Andrew's down to just one, so you should give him one or like you have 4 and you manage to make a set, and now you're down to one. Well, the next three players, before it comes back around to you, are going to do what they can to, to stack, you know, more pyramids on you, so you can't go out. But then, ultimately, somebody will just get some lucky roll where they're like, okay, I can swap my, uh, white one with this green one, and now I have a set of three, and I'm out.
1: Oh, okay. Pretty, and so it's, it's they,
0: yeah. They say two to ten minutes, and um, the only uh, the only big sort of downfall and i don't know if there's some way around this i guess it depends on the person but um one of my sisters invited a couple guests uh yesterday and one of them was colorblind oh no oh yeah i mean the the pieces we had i've got the big uh, I mean, I, wait. That, Com, that came Matt, off.
1: It wasn't. Oh no, that they're colorblind. Just oh no, that a game based on colors. Oh
0: yeah. Oh no, for this for this situation. Like yeah. we were already in this game, and like my sister is telling him, like, okay, this one and this one, and like so you can tell sometimes which one of them match. Like there are black and white pyramids that are opaque, and the rest of them are all um, um, translucent. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are like there's a there's a a violet and a dark blue and a light blue and maybe even one other one that even you know for people who aren't color blind from a distance you're like is that do you have a purple and they're like no it's dark blue um and so yeah we finished out that game and i was like all right why don't we switch games why don't we play six nimmit <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's play something without color cuz it's not there are no symbols or anything to uh to facilitate that. And I'm sure there's a way, you know, depending, like I know our buddy Cogswell is, I want to say red, green, uh, colorblind, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. you could take out one of those two colors and then everything else, you know, is okay, uh, for that person. But it was just a funny sort of, sort of thing. I didn't, you know, it's just one of those things you don't think about if it doesn't,
1: uh, it doesn't, but, but it, it, it's, you know, so many people do have colorblind,
0: you know, yeah, it's it's site. it's incredibly important, and it it comes up every now and then in um in web design.
1: I, I was getting ready to say that that's one of the things in, in my job is being ADA compliant and recognizing things when I do designs. Of you know, it just seems so many things are knee jerk that that you want to make red, you know, to
0: to be noticeable and or yeah, for some some psychological reason or yeah,
1: or whatever or, or have shades, you know, and and shades don't have the differences yeah. and then being able there there's there's applications that i know that i use that that check these things and you can view them from different color perspectives and then you when you do that you have a different perspective on things you know Mm -hmm. and and with games Mm -hmm. colors are often so important and and i know more progressive games now are aware of that but so many aren't you know so many things are the red dye and the blue dye and you're like, well, that just sucks. Can't it have a, a symbol? You know, that's why if you're playing games these days, you'll notice that some things have symbols instead of colors. You can't just look at Magic the Gathering and yeah. say this is a red or blue card.
0: You know? Yeah, or or both, like uh, Ticket to Ride is that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you might not notice if you're, you know, just looking at the colors, but you look at them, they have different uh, uh, train cars. And then even beyond that, the little spaces on the map have yes. little symbols on them
1: yes and 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 that is important and uh, paying attention to things that matter it's funny that i don't want to go off on a big th- tangent because that's that's one of my big jobs <laughs> is making sure that that's sure, that's important sure. to the world yeah. Yeah. Uh, of being like ada compliant um yeah so yeah no that looks like a fun game and it's supposed to play up to 10 people right so that's a in a short amount yeah of time. it's as
0: many it's as many as there are colors and i i looked at maybe trying one of the other um um game framework Things that they had, but they were all like the little book that came with it had just a hint of the rules, just like the the bare overview, and then you had to go to their website uh to get the rest of the rules. And I'm like, eh, maybe we'd just do another round of this. It's, <laughs> it's fine. It's you know, it's awkward at a table to try to be learning and teaching at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I learning has been my thing recently. I've got so many games downstairs, and every time I think about, I want to go down there and sitting and learning a game. I'm I'm daunted by the. Uh, do I want to take an next hour learning the rule book and uh, you know right, so, right some of these things and um, then I get distracted. But like I wanted to play Tomb this last week and I have got a Tomb game that I want to play down there and I was like oh I'm kind of inspired to go play it and then just never made it down there because of that because I kept like oh stop and instead I watched uh, the Last Kingdom episodes and then got wrapped up in that. So
0: <laughs> nice, nice. I. It's been a little while since I watched that. You know, we had people here so I was mm. up kind of late and that cuts into my my window of time for uh for doing that. I did watch um uh The Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode 3.
1: It doesn't feel like a lot happened, I guess. Is the is a thing about that
0: is that Although it feels like it's supposed to have had a lot happen more. I feel like more happened than in the episodes one and two, but uh, it was the, the like things happening seemed like just what we say info dumps. Yeah. Uh, You know, just like a lot of, a lot of talking, a lot of words, a lot of name dropping. And. uh, True. I guess
1: there was like some, some information about, and this is not really spoiler, but super soldier information on, how that happened? I guess that that's a that's a thing that that matters, um, right? But th- it was a lot of going to a place, doing another place, and then seeing some things and meeting some people with name drops that I don't seem to know seemed relevant, but then they weren't relevant anymore after the next two minutes because then those people are gone on to something else. Uh, it was just a weird, weird kind of episode, and, and maybe it ties into the larger pictures. It's really weird. These I think these shows are. These Marvel shows are meant to be watched in their entirety. Um they they do feel like they're supposed to be like a 3-hour movie cut into 6 30-minute shows type thing, you know.
0: Um maybe, yeah. I don't, it's it's, a, it's like it's they're designed to have
1: one story, I guess what I'm saying, right? It's one story. Sure, sure. And then it's not like they necessarily always end in a cliffhanger or anything. They 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 just kind of end at a natural stopping point in the story. Right? Until next week.
0: Yeah. The the format I think the format worked better uh with Wandavision because you're you're setting up this mystery. Like there are questions in Falcon Winter Soldier, but I'm not getting the big perplexing mystery kind of stuff that we got out of Wandavision.
1: And we need we got only have like we're halfway through now, right? With Falcon and Winter Soldier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: yeah, I mean, who knows? I, I I do felt that Wandavision started rolling at about halfway through, if not a little bit further. Um, right. So, some so maybe past
0: the level. the TV show gimmick.
1: Yeah, I, and, and I think we can talk more about it next week because I don't want to be too I say down on it, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's
0: there's still more to come, and we don't uh, we don't really know. Um and, and with like WandaVision that, that's gonna I be. feel
1: like I personally at least want something and I don't feel like I'm getting it. I don't necessarily know what that is and put it in into words succinct mm. succinctly. But mm-hmm. you know, saying like I in the first one I get this strong feeling that they're setting me up for character progression of two characters. And and I don't think in the three episodes I got some of that beginnings in the first episode, but I'm not seeing anything more. Like I'm Personally, I'm just not seeing Falcon change or move or character develop or do whatever he's supposed to do. And Bucky, either way, I just, I'm not sure I'm getting that. And maybe that, maybe I'm not supposed to yet, right? Maybe this is, right. there's more to come, or this is just yeah, filler. I think, or... I think
0: just like, just like WandaVision, like the bulk of the action is going to be at the end. Mm. Um, right. and so, And how the story all so, comes together. And it yeah. could,
1: so it's hard, it's hard to kind of critique and i don't think it necessarily fair halfway through critique. yeah yeah um yeah. C- because at this point of it, it in, in today i'd be like well this
0: is kind of a mess and not really worth watching right so. <laughs> right right because we're only again halfway through of this sort of limited series but
1: but now. i will say at one division at this point you were desire you were you were desire for more had the lost syndrome what we call right where you're like "Ooh, what's that Ooh, there's there's questions. Mm -hmm. Ooh, there's things that are happening. Like I don't have any questions for Falcon the Winter Soldier. Like I (laughs) next week I'm not I'm not I don't have a desire to watch next week's episode. Right? Mm -hmm. I I mean I I watch it. I'm oh wait Friday we can watch Falcon. Yeah, of course, of course. And I'm turned off by it, but I don't have like oh man it's over. I want to watch another one right now. Right? Right. I really I really don't have that. I did with Wanda I think. Like, ooh, they that's Monica Rambeau and she just got pushed out of the the cube and oh my gosh, that's the guy from Ant-Man, and, you know, and, and he's talking about this and now they're gonna go in, but what happened? There's Falcon Winter Soldier is like not really. You know, don't have the yeah, the, the big yeah. I guess the big thing about the, the flag smashers doesn't pique my interest in any way, right? I don't
0: know, and that I I just don't like for all the stuff we talked about the bank after after episode one, like I do not buy at all that during the blip, uh, a bunch of like countries' borders dissolved. Yeah, right. And there was and there was this like, uh, you know, like I, who even knows? Because they don't really get into this, but like in any kind of specifics, but like it's it's some kind of like things were so bad during the blip with half the population gone that the the countries you know, qu- like we're, we're more of one, like right. the, the barriers and the flags came down and there was all kind of one kind of united struggle. And I'm like,
1: only, no only chance. the bad people no, got blipped. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, no, no chance. Like, like a a massive disaster crisis, like losing half of the population. And I guarantee you at least half the countries in the world are going to strengthen their borders, yeah. not weaken them. Right. No, I mean, 100% like, Maybe not everybody, but at least half the countries in the world go more insular, yeah. not more cooperative. Right, and and that is something. Talking broadly about this show,
1: this uh, this episode specifically is, I, I did think of you because I remember you had said like it would be interesting if Marvel does more exploration of what happened during the blip or whatever. I I, sure. think, I yeah, think that uh, this episode did have some callbacks or or. or uh, Really, kind of showing us world life after the blip. Like they they talk about it often. They talk about being gone for yeah. five years and how, and and it's always brought up in everybody's life in this show, in this in this Falcon Winter Soldiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like that underlying. You know, this is a different world we live in because of this five year thing that happened. And everybody, will, randomly, you'll have a guy come back and say just off offhanded like. Well, I was doing great, you know, and I and I had a job and then and then I was gone for five years and disappeared. And then and, and now then, I, I then I got dusted. Yeah, or, yeah, I got yeah. dusted or something like that. You know, and you're like, oh yeah, that's 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 a thing. So that's that is kind of very interesting to me, is that how how that's a part of every movie that's made with by Disney's Marvel. I mean it's studios, really you
0: know? it's really moved the MCU beyond um like into an alternate world like yeah. it always yeah. was yeah right like yeah. you know superheroes are not real in the real world right but like doctor who and some of those things like the disasters will be localized enough that you're like okay yeah you know you'll do a show you know they'll do shows like the like the netflix ones um daredevil and jessica jones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're like everything's still the same for them Like, I mean, except I think the for Daredevil, they they uh they use the um the attack in the Avengers movie to somehow turn Hell's Kitchen in New York back into a crappy area, (laughs) right? Because it's actually gentrified, really. In the real world, it's all gentrified, yeah. 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 Um, but (laughs) that's funny, yeah. yeah, Speaking of um, speaking of Marvel things, we are continuing our uh our family. Rewatch. Um, the... where are
1: you at the thing
0: so when i came down they were watching uh doctor strange so oh you're, you're remember... making
1: progress fast
0: yeah i don't remember what we had seen uh when we recorded last week do you remember um you made
1: it through avengers one i know and i think you were yeah. and you were oh you'd watch winter soldier and I think, matter of fact, I think that might have been happening upstairs when you were recording.
0: Winter Soldier, and they watched, uh, they watched Thor: Dark World and yep. Iron Man Three without me. Right, you did say uh, that. Last I, week. I saw like, the, I saw like the first half hour, forty minutes of, uh, of Thor: Dark World. Right. So, um, then they watched Guardians without me. I I saw even less. I saw like the first ten minutes of Guardians, and then they watched what comes after Guardians Ant-Man maybe no. I'm not sure uh, yes Ant-Man is the last one before Civil War um, so we watched Ant-Man and Civil War and does Civil War is a big one
1: like that's a change Civil War's in, a, in Civil like War is a big blow. one and then
0: I think I think Doctor Strange is the next one after Civil War Um, and so I was thinking that we watched more than two, but I I guess it was just two. And so it was a different experience with all the, um, with all the nieces and and nephew because they're the older, uh, grandkids that have seen most of these except for a couple, a couple scenes that, that my sister makes them cover their eyes or, you know, whatever. Well, you know, Um, it's
1: funny you had, you had, uh, you just talked about like how they're moved into a different world. Like the, the civil war during civil war there's this actually it's avengers age of ultron i think
0: oh yeah ultron i knew there was at least one that i was missing there it's avengers 2 yeah uh comes before civil war because you need you know the events of ultron are what yeah cause you know it's the only reason that the only reason that tony sides with uh you know agrees to sign the sokovia accords is his guilt over having created ultron right um
1: yeah and then killing people and was it uh uh, not killing people it's the uh innocent bystanders that that die in that mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. uh they they had um but that one is an example of also like i said, we here in america we call it a nine eleven event something that that marks the sure. calendar you know there ever yeah uh, december 7th uh 1942 Pearl harbor, Pearl harbor yeah. things like that for us you know um other countries have those exact same things and there are world events and i think that um uh, you know, this is a completely fictional universe, again like you said, just moves it off into their own world uh, like the Sokovia Courts was something like that like the, the, the Ultron thing where a super powered being could cause the end of the planet extinction, right? And and how that affects everyday life of real people around the world and then you have Endgame and Infinity War that didn't just affect a country far away, that, let's say America or Britain or France, right? Can it, can it's, ignore it's
0: it's the whole planet, and now there's not like there's no chance that anybody anywhere on Earth was completely unaffected. In the same way that, like, you know, again, somebody in in downtown New York in a certain in certain boroughs were not affected by the events of Avengers, and not affected at all by the Ultron stuff. Hey,
1: hey um, you know what's interesting here and and worth mentioning is that okay. marvel we talked about this a long time ago marvel did a relaunch of or a secondary like i don't know spin-off world you would call of their universe 20 years ago i think it's called the marvel ultimate universe um okay and, and were they in the
0: comics you mean in the comics
1: yes and in the comics and, and i won't go into what that is but it's it's basically just an alt universe right of, of things uh that's when you had uh the the first um Uh, Nick Fury that looked exactly like Sam Jackson before he was a a white man from the thirties. So, uh, but anyway, the the biggest thing about that was the, the way things were written was that everything had kind of what you would think of real world consequences. Like every event that happened in those things was dealt with in the long term, right? In the same way that the MCU seems to be doing the same kind of thing. Right. In, in normal comic books, the X-Men, there's the Phoenix Force comes down and attacks New York City and aliens invade. And then the next you know episode issue, nobody seems to care too much. Right. It, right. They just rebuilt and like oh, we're back onto our job as the mailman.
0: Right? I mean, the thing that the, uh, well, I'm going to make another gross generalization here, but I think the thing that separates uh, comic books or maybe just superhero genre in general that separates it from um traditional sci-fi and fantasy because i would put all all three in the speculative fiction genre is that and again this is not completely true because there are things like urban fantasy mm-hmm. um that is you know set in what otherwise is the normal modern world mm-hmm. um is that superhero things are almost always and again, maybe not all, almost always, but most of the time, in what is mostly the real world. Yeah. Right. With with like one or two changes, where you're like, you could live in, you know, you could live in Nebraska, and you've just never seen Spider Man because he doesn't leave Manhattan. Yeah. Um, and like that could all be real. Everything else is is otherwise the same, and that's why you know, like, I take issue like the thing I was saying earlier with the nation borders dissolving during the blip i'm like okay this is supposed to be real otherwise like aside from aside from all this thanos nonsense like this is supposed to be the real world and yeah i don't i don't i don't buy that um right but in a a comic book that
1: that real world stays static right like yeah things in the real world happen and go on and then comic books can sometimes recognize those like obviously when 9-11 actually happened there were you know, like Captain America went to the site in the comic book, stuff like that to to help bring it all together um but but really, they don't have a sense of permanency for the most part, as where when you're watching superhero comic things and it, also in this ultimates line, they did have a sense of permanency, and actually, I believe that's one of, one of the writers had had said is like there's permanency in here in the ultimate line when somebody died, they were dead, like they never came back, they mm-hmm. actually never came back. Peter Parker died in the ultimate universe. And Miles Morales took his place, and that's why we have Miles Morales. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's, I said, it's a, a real sense of permanency, and the MCU has that, right? It it, you, it has the 911s, right? The when something big happens, it happens; it's noticeable and has repercussions. And I think the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to play with that a little bit at the end. This last episode, somebody showed up um, because somebody else in there, a spoiler person, affects the world and in a certain way I'm getting to spoil yeah. everything yeah but yeah it, it all has a sense of permanency of real cause and effect that matters and i think that they do that's
0: some important. like yeah they do some kind of loophole things right like they set up cap right mm-hmm. they're like he did this stuff back in the war but it was kind of localized and so yeah. people don't really know about it and then and then he disappears um and so nope you know nobody talks about him or or anything anything at all, and then he then he um then he comes back, oh, so we'll, we'll see how things uh,
1: like permanent- permanency works and things like well I mean we're talking when you're a soldier, you can say they're co- they're covert and there is undercover thing, mm-hmm, but with like Wanda, mm-hmm. it took an entire city over, right, so yeah. that so we'll we see did that has, um
0: yeah, yeah, so we did these these three movies, um Ant Man oh, yeah, yeah. was the favorite, um of course, yeah, I, it's always fun i don't I don't think uh I don't think mom cared for civil war. She likes it better oh, when, really? they're, okay. when they're fighting bad guys, uh, not okay. fighting each other. <laughs> right, right, That's fair. That's a, that's fair. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um I think a L- you know, lot of conflict
1: there, was, there, internal conflict. There's
0: there's a lot of conflict and it's it's not uh you know, the the, the conflict involved is not is not entirely uh Uh, disconnected from things happening in the world lately Uh, so that 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 doesn't help right there was no there was absolutely no sympathy for tony's perspective uh, (laughs) from from the other people in the room watching um (laughs) and uh well yeah but of course of course ant-man is so uh his his movie is so good so good and, right. and it's so it's it's small I, i've said <laughs> i think i've yeah i think I've said this on this on the podcast before, but it, it's so different to watch them you know with at most a week in between even when i'm not seeing the whole movies um you get to the you get to the tag at the end of ant man and it's uh it's sam and steve um falcon and and cap and Bucky has just shown up, and they're like, "Oh, what do we do? Like, should we call? Should we call Tony? Like, would he do anything? Would the Accords even let him do anything?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh, well, I know what all of this is now because I've seen the movie that's that's about to come after. Right. Um, but if you're not a comic reader, you don't know like what are the Accords and what you know. Um, what is what is all that stuff that's that's happening? But to see like." um to see scott meet up with sam again after uh after after the ant-man movie and he's like oh hey uh sorry again by the <laughs> way
1: about, about that right yeah. Um,
0: yeah
1: that'll never happen again or something like that. That yeah
0: was that was a that was a one-time thing
1: <laughs> <laughs> i i uh i will say it's funny in the comic books uh the winter soldier and um uh like civil war were not my favorite events. And I did not like those storylines all that much. Personally, some people sure. very much like those things, but I, I did not. Uh, but those are my favorite in the time periods that you've watched up to this point. were definitely my favorites. I, 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 I've said before winter soldiers, one of my favorites, but civil war was actually very, very excellent um, from the conflictedness of like a Bucky type thing. Like he's trying to survive, come to grips with what he has. And then, Throw in throw in a great great surprise character with T'Challa, um, and mm-hmm. and Steve yeah, in general, and the introduction. That's of- where they
0: really they they hint at Wakanda in one of the movies before that. It might be like the first Avengers. I movie was in or Ultron. Something. They talk about it. It's it's Ultron. Oh yes, because that's where they the vibranium um, gets stole from. He gets vibranium, mm-hmm. and and that, when they make Vision, yeah. But they they say that about the shield. And then you're like, "Oh, Wakanda! I know that's yeah, yeah. that's gonna be." a I thing. think and uh, then, somebody
1: Hawkeye calls it like Wakanada. He
0: says, "Like, yeah, he's like Wakanda." No, no, that's not right. Let me let me look again. Right.
1: Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, um, yeah, but I, yeah. I, I enjoy. It. So that has a lot, and then and then you have the the small moments of Steve and uh, 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 Natasha. You know, the Black Widow, and and they have mm-hmm. person uh, like, personal things that kind of. Mix really well because they're good actors and actresses together. They're delivering great lines that are simple but good. Like she's always talking about, you know, getting him a date or something. Um, And they're sitting in a car, driving in a truck down the road, or walking into an Apple Store, things like that. They just kind of feel good and smaller. Um, And then it's got my favorite, probably my favorite fight, which is the Iron Man, uh, Captain America, and Winter Soldier fight when they're all three fighting in that that scene there when he, you know, he shoots, Iron Man shoots his lasers at cat shield and it just slow And so just chilling. Mm-hmm. I, I love that show. It was, it's really, really good. And that makes me want to, I love every time when you bring these up, it makes me like, I want to go back now and watch some of these really good things that I'd forgotten <laughs> about how good they were or even Ant-Man. Like it was yeah. so fun. It's so, and it,
0: yeah, you've it is, got, yeah, you've got Ant-Man and, uh, and, um, Spider-Man there to, to add, add the levity and the other characters are have, have little moments of levity, but it's really those two. They're just like quipping. Um
1: Man, you could not you have know. brought Peter Parker, Spider-Man into the MCU better. There could not have been a better way. Right.
0: And, and we talked and we talked about that. How like, uh you know, my brother goes when he, when he gives the line to Tony, like when you can do the things, the kind of things that we do and, you know, something bad happens and you could have stopped it, then it's your fault, which is funny. Like on that description alone, he should probably be on Cap's side, (laughs) but he doesn't, he doesn't know enough to pick a side and Tony finds him first. Um, and that's, and you know, he gives like some of the things that he says to cap later where he's like, uh, you know, he, he told me you're wrong, but you believe that you're right and it. that makes you dangerous. And that makes you dangerous. And you know? you're like such a great line. You're like uh, that's that's it's that's great but that's 100% true of Tony as well. Exactly. Right? Like it's 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 really saying nothing but it you know you get get a kid. You get a kid. To, I, uh,
1: exactly. He, and he felt like such you know, believe a perfect you, but, kid at that point, right? Like a high schooler. And
0: then somebody Somebody said, like, you know, oh, finally, we didn't have to have a whole movie explaining uh, Spider-Man's origin story. And I said, I didn't realize it this at the time when I saw Civil War, but knowing how Far From Home and Homecoming were made in the sense of Marvel, Disney still not having uh, the rights to make Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they couldn't have introduced spider I mean, they could have if they could have gotten the deal first before doing Civil War. Right. But... They, you know, they probably couldn't at that point. And they're like, yeah, they probably worked out a deal with Sony to get um, to get Spider-Man in a couple scenes in this one movie. And then and so they had to kind of accelerate his um, his his character introduction.
1: And he's in, he's in um, one one sequence and that's it. Yeah. Like w- arguably the most well-known Marvel character of all history. and he only gets one sequence and and in that one sequence like line for line is perfect every spider-man thing that any spider-man fan of different types of spider-man favoritisms liked right like it Mm -hmm. it, it, he comes in and he's awkward right like hi hi, everybody hi mr stark he's you know thanks for the new suit quipping right He's he's just he's awkwardly nervous which feels very peter parker and then, and then he, but he's really, really good. The first thing he does, he steals Captain America's shield. Um, and then he mm-hmm. takes on Falcon Soldier. And the entire time he just goes into this nervous geekdom, right? Mm-hmm. Is that a carbon fiber yeah. arm? That is so cool. Do you do that with reinforced, you know, which yeah. is yeah.
0: fantastic. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in a fight before. There's usually not this much talk. <laughs> There's
1: usually not this much talking that, that in the, is that stuff coming out of your body. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, yeah, and then of course he does the you know we have seen this old, this old movie before called Star mm-hmm. Wars, uh, which was good. where did you find this kid anyway? I don't know. I didn't check his ID. <laughs> so yeah, that how, how, that's how old, so good. So how good. old
0: how old is this kid? It's like I don't whatever. It, oh, he says I didn't carbon date him. He's on the young side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: so so well done. Uh, so yeah, that that one yeah, sequence of all yeah, things introducing really this character in this what is at the time a blockbuster movie with so many people, right? It was for sure. For sure, It it was not an Avengers movie. It was the big thing. It wasn't an adventure. It was a captain America movie. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's to show that they didn't, they weren't Marvel. Wasn't in it with these things for just like their big tentpole movies. They are going to show all the stuff, uh, which was great. Um, so yeah, anyway, I was, I guess a big Marvel section we had there, but, uh, lo- love the the progress you guys are going so fast through that stuff. You're going to be watching Infinity War, Endgame, all here pretty soon. Before you know it, you've watched all Avengers up to this point. Right? There's no more Avengers movies.
0: Um, there was no. Yeah. Well, isn't isn't Infinity War like Avengers three?
1: It is. It's three. It's it's number three.
0: Okay. So yeah. We, next is your
1: next 10-pole movie is. You know, Infinity War, which is yeah, friggin' huge, yeah, because that starts off very much with Cap being on the run, right? Cap in the
0: in the crew, right, right. So we did. N- now we have the the in between, like introduce the the latest characters for uh for the end of Phase Three. Heck, right? you do, you're doing Doctor Strange already for Pete's sake. It's, it's yeah. strange, Um, strange Guardians Two, um. Captain Marvel or Black is Marvel in between?
1: No, Marvel's right before Infinity War. Right before. And because yeah, there was there's Black Pol- Panther then then uh Captain Marvel then that. Actually, there's a one, Spider-Man in there at some point.
0: There's one that comes out in between. It's either Marvel
1: or Spider-Man. Spider-Man definitely comes in between cuz they uh the Vulture is um cleaning up after the invasion of New York City which is you might have should have already
0: watched already. But I'm not sure in in Doctor Strange.
1: No, in Spider-Man Homecoming.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, like uh, the vulture is cleaning yeah,
1: the, his crew is cleaning up after the the aliens uh, right. invaded they're New York. They're
0: salvaging. Yeah, they're salvaging from those those alien ships.
1: Right. Yeah, we went uh, I sitting and I watched <clears throat> Far From Home not too just recently last week or so. And um it's, it, I forget that it's after it's post, you know, it's post uh, Endgame. It's post. I think
0: I think Homecoming was before was before Infinity War, and definitely was. And Captain Marvel is in between Infinity War and Endgame.
1: Yeah, I mean, quite literally, Homecoming happens right after Civil War because the first scene in Homecoming is him coming off the trip with Tony from Civil okay. War fight like you know and he's he he, tony takes him drives him to his house remember and drops him off Mm -hmm. after the end of that the beginning of the show so yeah that's that's one end of the other so anyway yeah but you're still you're coming up and you've only got a couple movies wow you i'm so amazed like like a month's time less than a month's time (laughs) which is yeah i mean they're
0: you know we're we, we don't have anything else we're watching and we've seen uh parks you know every episode four or five times or at least all the good ones Well, i, I always uh, think and, look, and it's,
1: it feels daunting too daunting to tell people to go out and watch it but now that i've seen just you guys casually watch it it's not like you're watching it every single day you're watching it you mm-hmm. know a couple times a week but
0: no and a and a couple of the movies they watched in in halves right like watched half of it and then went to bed and, and watched uh, the other half later
1: yeah so it yeah. feels that makes it feel very doable right for sure Okay, hey, so moving off of other things besides comic books, let's move into something a little bit different. So this week was, what do they call this? Uh, um, the Star Trek Day that
0: they had this week. Oh, uh, 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 First Contact Day.
1: First Contact. What, now, is that because they have s- set a day in Star Trek universe that when the Vulcans came down, is that how that's supposed to work out?
0: I. That's my assumption, yes. Okay,
1: so they... They info Paramount info dumped a ton of Star Trek stuff, um, th- like in the last couple of days here. Um,
0: yeah, I was not I was not paying close enough attention, so I didn't see. I was not either. of all of a sudden, stuff I could until, go up through my newsfeed and well, there's yeah everything. There's a bunch of teasers, uh, for all the various shows. You know, I, I kind of remember this. the one that I want to see, uh, Strange New Worlds. <laughs> I didn't see That's anything right. on that though. Uh, you know second or or equal to that is is lower decks just being pure comedy i'm sure will be as entertaining as the first season
1: oh lower decks first season was so entertaining and 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 it's i have to give it time to breathe to watch it again which i did i think already and now it's a good time for me to go back and rewatch some of those cuz they're they were just so fun entertaining bite sized little things of nothingness that were awesome um so yeah i'm i'm actually totally that's my number 1 looking forward, forward to the the new discovery trailer came out you know, it still feels to me like that's their tentpole, flagpole franchise. It feels like, mm-hmm. um, it, it at least looks like it gets the most budget money. Um, seems seems that way. And it, uh, yeah, I don't know. I am I am not engaged in season three. I've said that before. I'm, I'm still not. This trailer doesn't yeah. do anything for me except that it's trick. I mean, I like I like sci-fi. It's... You know? It's
0: season four. They did
1: season four. Four, sorry, four, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's sci-fi, I, and I like Trek, but I've watched. I've been watching a lot of Trek in the last couple of years, and I don't mean just the new stuff. Like, I've been putting on mm-hmm. all the Discovery. I've Rewatching even watched occasional, the, yeah. like, Deep Space Nine, and last night was an O'Brien family episode, and I hated O'Brien family episodes, but I still appreciated Trek, right? It that, that was a sci-fi, right. spacey-type thing that had to
0: deal with time travel in some way. Um, yeah, D- Deep Space Nine had had this trope of every season had one uh, O'Brien must suffer episode, definitely, where like he he commits some like breach of protocol or something on a on an on an alien planet, and they put him in a in a mind prison, like um <laughs> like the Matrix, where he's living through time faster than it's like the um oh that one I remember that one yeah it's right. like the Next Generation episode and Inner Light or just inner light mm-hmm. where Picard lives that whole life and learns to play the flute. Yep. Yep. Right. You know, that one, it's a very good. Uh, season four or five episode of next generation. Yep. It's like that, except, except O'Brien is in this prison and he believes, you know, from the passage of time, he believes that he's living in this prison for an entire, an entire life, like 70 right. years or something. Suffering and then, the entire time. Right. And yeah. And then they send him home and he's just going to have to like re, integrate with his family and you know after this incredible trauma and you're like geez <laughs> How, what do they do to one give guy the, give give the guy a break i think just because he's the like the relatable everyman character that, that they could just like really abuse him
1: there's still a lot of trek that you can watch there's so much trek to watch that of course trekkies i've all watched them all but you know casual star trek people can still go back and watch hundreds literally hundreds of episodes of different trek type stuff so I still have Trek out there available to me. I don't necessarily need n- new, new Trek per se. Um, sure. I mean, that's, that's, I don't, that's not me saying I don't want new Trek CBS Paramount. If you're listening to me, right. I, I want new Trek, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, that alone isn't, is I don't know if it's enough. Cause I watched, again, I watched, I tried to watch Star Trek Beyond again about a couple of weeks ago and it's fine. And I like Chris Pine. Uh, Kirk, but it just was not. I got halfway through it and like went on did something else because it was just, you know, it's new yeah. and flashy and and high tech and spacey, but just with like n-
0: with no substance. Yeah, no
1: substance, yeah. and that's how Discovery feels to me. You know,
0: very yeah. I mean, we we watched this teaser and I said this before we started recording, but like they're they're hinting pretty heavily that there's going to be some big, uh, not MacGuffin. That's the wrong word, but there's some thing. Yeah. There's, there's some challenge this season, this, the, the, like all throughout the universe, there's, there's some kind of gravimetric or, or gravity disturbance. Gravimetric is a, I believe is a Star Trek term, not mm-hmm. a real term, but, um, you know, that's, that's going to, you know, challenge everybody, all the, all the races and all the planets, and they're going to have to, I assume, come together to find a solution <clears> or the something burn. like that. But, <clears throat> the burn. But it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, oh, so this is this is just the thing now. And I look back on the seasons, and I'm like, oh, it's this, you know, it's the the astronauts in space, like always oh, has been. I'm like the first season was about this Klingon war, and the second season was about the Red Angel, and the third season was about the burn, and the fourth season's going to be about this gravity thing. And I'm like, okay, I guess. Yeah. But it just, yeah. I mean, even as a as a big Star Trek guy, it just doesn't. It doesn't do it for me. I think it, the like the long season arc is just too much of a of an intention investment. Yeah, for
1: me. I I you know I start thinking about this too um, that Trek Trek especially as I thought about this recent O'Brien episode that has a sci-fi that we've brought this up about Trek before is that it tells a relevant story or a relatable story but has a sci-fi twist to it somehow that makes you think Trek does that well. And, but, and their, and their relatable parts are what, what makes Trek, I think is a very important part of Star Trek is that each show has their ensemble cast or their people that have a certain feeling and relationship and give that kind of feeling to their show, whether it be the, the crew stuck in the Delta quadrant who are two different kinds of people coming together and the Maquis and the, and the Federation to, mm-hmm. you know, different, and then, uh, the aliens that are with them on, on board the ship that are new from the Delta quadrant trying to move through. And that relationship's growing to the enterprise, which is your classic Federation relationship, military ship, um, to deep space nine. That's kind of like, you know, I guess, uh, a little city. I always think of it as a little village in, in space. Right. Um, with, with a, a little Marshall type person who's, who's not like a big, military commander he's he's the the city mayor or you know sheriff kind of stuff and they have a sheriff too right peacekeeper kind of uh constable they even call him constable right right uh so so anyway they have those are the feelings that they have this one with discovery the feeling is very huggy huggy like it's it's like love and i i really feel when I close my eyes and envision the feeling that Discovery is, it's all of the cast members in a circle, holding hands, swaying back and forth, singing a song together. That's what the feeling I get from Discovery. You know?
0: It's it's just like, I don't I don't mind any of that stuff, but Discovery feels like it does it so much. That so I'm, that much! I'm just, I'm just fatigued.
1: Yeah. I, I can only... Well, we talked last season ad nauseum every time we point out that Michael Bram crying. Right. And and now she's the starship captain. So she sets the precedent that, you know, starship captains will cry over every crew member and every little thing that happens at every drop of a hat now. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not. Yeah. Again, I am not being anti that. I really don't want to be that way because I think I didn't care for Deep Space Nine where people feel that Deep Space Nine is the most solid show. And and I do believe that that's because they liked that kind of environment. They liked the the small town feel of it. Right. That also gets wrapped up into big picture things, you know, um, and yeah. then or some people really enjoyed the the strict exploration type, you know, a diplomatic thing of the next generation. You know, they they liked those families of people and people will like Discovery for the same reasons. It's just not necessarily something I enjoy that well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, so the other one is Picard. Picard looks interesting. They're, spoiler alert, I guess, not really spoiler it's all over the news that is coming back. Um, mm-hmm. But it's dealing with time. Did you notice that in that, that, that teaser? Yep. There's a lot about time. A lot, a lot about time. I wonder what they're going to do with that. I think that that they'll, do you think that they'll have, the, they've got to have some kind of plan for Picard, right? Like, I love him to death, and he's a hero in the world. But the man's like 107 years old. Right, right? And, and and I know that they have to be nervous as hell signing a contract for a lead actor. The show, show is named after, without mm-hmm. a plan to either end the series or move it in a different direction. Time travel yeah. could do that, right? They could move it. I don't know, Abr- into an Abrams verse type stuff, and you have other characters come in. Mm-hmm.
0: They could they could go back and uh, show young Picard played by. Uh, uh- uh, James McAvoy. I mean, right? I, I like the McAvoy, but <laughs> but but they
1: could, right? They actually, they literally could. They could go back in time and show pre Next Generation Picard, and then season three become this is the the Picard show we're watching, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, of him before, because he had other commands. I think before, I don't think the the Enterprise was his first command. Um, it could be a whole other different thing. It could. You never know. Um, but it is heavily based on time travel and and that usually means that they will want to mess with the different time stuff. And man, I think Star Trek, you think they have enough to deal with time travel stuff that they'd stop for a while, but
0: yeah, that's the, uh, um, In they, they do that as a bit in, uh, in, uh, deep space nine and they go back and they're like, oh, James Kirk, the man with the most temporal violations in a five-year mission,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? Go, man, the, the I didn't realize Star-travel
1: how much Star Trek had deals with time travel until recently. Just especially all their newer shows have huge components of time travel within them somehow. Yeah,
0: yeah. But and, it was it was a little more sparing in the older stuff, but like you know when you're when you're making a show like Next Generation, where the the showrunner has has declared by edict that there can be no uh interpersonal conflict between the the main crew um you run out of aliens of the week uh uh stories and you've got to do get a get creative with do a little time travel or uh i think i think probably every show had at least a couple time travel episodes deep uh, voyager did. voyager has a whole arc where they're back um like on earth in the late eighties. Right. Basically, basically kickstarting Microsoft and the tech boom.
1: Oh, there was, there was, I, I want to, as we wrap up our, our Trek talk here, I, I wanted to point something out to you or, or mention something to you. I thought was funny. I was like, I got to tell Dennis about this. Like in this episode of the, the O'Brien suffer episode I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not really watching it. It was kind of on in the background as I was getting ready to go this morning um, for work and stuff. <laughs> yeah and um he he goes i guess they go to i guess they go to bajor all right like because i think that's the planet that the station yeah, is surrounding or something deep
0: like if if it's deep space nine and they go to a planet it's almost always Bejor because right, that's but, the only thing nearby
1: so so at the beginning like their Mo, or is it molly i think it's the their
0: molly's his daughter molly molly
1: and, and keiko and his daughter and their other kid um Who's unfortunately named Yoshi? Um,
0: Yoshi. Is, is like, that every- the is that the one that Kira carries? Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, I,
1: I I thought actually my thought was when his name was Yoshi, I was like, oh, that's unfortunate. Like ever since the the dinosaur lizard was in the game, nobody should be called Yoshi anymore. Um, but anyway, right. they they were going to get like excited to go on a picnic, right? And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I go oh and get start getting ready and come back and I look at the screen and there they're on they're at, in a field having a picnic, like in the woods, right? And and they're just talking about how beautiful it is. And O'Brien's like, oh, it's so wonderful and the wind and nature and everything. I was like, yeah, that's great. And then Molly goes and gets lost. Molly, where are you at, where are you at Molly? And the other thing I kept thinking was, because I didn't realize they went to Bezier. I'm like, dude, just say, you know, computer and program. Because why would you actually travel to a planet when you can just go to the holodeck?
0: Well, they the the only holodecks on D space nine are the ones Quark has, and you got to pay.
1: Oh, that's right. They're like the and Federation people don't have any money. They're kind. so like <laughs>
0: weird things that don't uh, that don't make any sense. But they that's know, hilarious. That's hilarious. Tell,
1: yeah, th- cool th- that stories. is funny. Uh, in all of the the Trek shows, holodeck time is very like the most precious commodity. That's that's the new. Uh, thing that people trade is i'll like, give you some holodeck
0: time luxury good, it's the new yeah.
1: currency right you play latinum mm-hmm. for holodeck time which you know makes sense i think everyone that would be the why isn't there stories about the addiction to holodeck time because you know that's a 100 percent thing well, oh they, no, they do have whole, one right uh, the, yeah the whole Barkley story Barclay. in
0: next generation when he's like is he going on dates with Hologram Troy, Troy. or something? And <laughs> Which they, is they great. have to They have to have a whole intervention with him that's a little bit like, I mean, if <laughs> if he's doing it on his personal time, he's not hurting anybody. That's a whole kind of problematic storyline. <laughs>
1: right. I mean, but if I was serving on the USS Enterprise, I'd probably go to a couple of holidays where Troy would be involved, most likely.
0: So I, I yeah, don't think I it's a pretty realistic kind of uh you know thing if a guy but that 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 is an interesting fan
1: fiction and i don't mean the the bad kind but like real stories about how the detriment to society of how holodecks sure and and sure yeah think video games rot your brain holy cow right
0: right Uh, right but anyway it was
1: weird that i thought that they would go to an actual planet that had dangers and real things that molly could fall down a cave in Instead of just going to the holiday program where you can put safety <laughs> protocols on good and let the kid, I was like, just let the baby run wherever he wants. It's not like it can matter. Was it?
0: Was it just them? Was was, was just, Kira with them or anything? It was just. It was just them. It's and that's weird because they don't it, like none of them have an attachment to Bajor. That's so no it's so weird sometimes it's, it's not the same like maybe they don't have the smells or whatever they are not quite right on the
1: that. who knows the, it they explains the though thing. at the beginning
0: well molly was like can we bring the cat blah blah blah. he's like no we
1: can't bring the cat it'll get lost and i kept thinking like you could just tell the program to stop and see the cat over in the corner right <laughs> go right, grab right. the cat over no big deal but that's that's funny i, I just think that the, the holodeck changes the world
0: Maybe maybe Keiko and her and her botany stuff. She wanted to go. Oh, there robots. you go. She did Maybe, didn't see maybe
1: that's the the explanation of it. So
0: <laughs> Keiko's one of my least favorite characters. Oh, yeah, right. In, in either of the shows, O'Brien is in.
1: Well that 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 that, that whole show still. You know, I've watched more and she's, more of it, and I've. I've she's not struggle. worse
0: than Vedic Win, but. Oh, uh, yeah. She's she's not. I love that they they cast. Literal nurse, nurse ratchet to play uh, that character.
1: <laughs> She's the worst. N- makes makes total sense for her. Yeah, I, I still have yet. I've watched several now. I mean, it's, it, again, I, I've said this to you before, that it's Deep Space Nine and a few other shows where I have not watched them for other reasons, missed an episode here or there, are like treasures that I get to you know get new shows to me, things. And Deep Space Nine is definitely a lot of that. It's always New Trek to me almost. Um, mm. So I will get a lot of what I call new to me Trek with Deep Space Nine, and I still yet in that time found something that make has inspired me to keep watching more episodes of Deep Space Nine. Like it just no nobody there seems to be too interesting to me. i I'm just not interested yeah. in Odo's desire for struggle, Kira, you know, and oh, and, then, and then his yeah. struggle. And then the I doctor. Didn't, I didn't
0: love that. His his stuff and his struggle was was okay. I didn't. I wasn't crazy about his his stuff with Kira. Um Yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's just so different from all the other track that it's it can be kind of. What, which kind well, again, of a it's not a
1: bad thing. It's just a different yeah. storytelling environment. And they and they do though. I did watch. I start to watch the Dominion War stuff, which. <clears throat> actually takes that whole series and turns it on its head from what it is yeah, to shake, something shakes different. shakes things
0: up a lot. I think for me, the stuff that I liked the most was a, a, most any of the stuff with the Ferengi. Quark um, or Nog or um, the Kid. Oh, uh, yeah. Whose name I forget. Um, or really most of the time if they brought uh if they did something with garrick or um or the old uh uh leader mm. what's his name G- golducat
1: golducat right yeah
0: um even even with him like garrick is much more interesting than golducat but even after enough time goes by that they uh you know golducat is not always their enemy it's a lot of times enemy of my enemy uh yeah. kind of stuff like i think that stuff was my favorite more than like there were parts of the stuff with Kira or Odo or Cisco, um that I liked, but uh that that stuff was usually not my favorite. Or the Doctor
1: too. I And, and it probably it probably didn't help that I, I did I was I find the Bajorans the least interesting Star Trek race.
0: They and kind they kind of are in a way. And it doesn't help that um a couple, at least one of the showrunners from Deep Space Nine went on to do the Battlestar Galactica reboot. Yeah. And so to me, Dr. Bashir is like the first draft of Gaius Baltar. Like, right. Baltar is so much more compelling to watch on the screen than almost sure. anything uh, Bashir does. And not all of it, like he has his moments, but um, well,
1: yeah. ba- Bashir, the, the character of Bashir seems to have like, they'll throw him in his specific episodes that are, Supposed to be emotionally important and vital. And then the very next episode, he's back to happy-go-lucky, you know, swinging his arms back and forth as he walks down the promenade, happy. Like, he's just, he has, the actor seems to have stuck in one character thing. And Mm. then he has his moment and then goes back to the character thing.
0: That's like a, that sounds like a symptom of, you know, they're doing a long-form TV show, but we're still kind of in the episodic TV era. Where like things can change, but they can't change a lot.
1: Yeah, um, I mean so, some, so some things like Cisco tends just... tends to evolve some, sure. but some character, but he just didn't, or maybe they gave him arcs and he just didn't feel he didn't feel any change. So yeah, you're right. I I agree. Is what I'm trying to say. I guess with him is he, he does that was a really good analogy to him as an early Baltar. Um, so yeah, it, it's just it's just hard. It's been hard to 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 get into that stuff. I I did like Quark. I think Quark's a a pretty fun character that would work. I have a problem when I did have a problem with Worf on the show. Like he did not seem to ever fit. He feels like a next generation, perfect fit character, but not on this. Like it's so weird that he would, he would go here of all places. Why would, why would he feel happy here is always weird to me. Hmm. Right. I mean, I, I guess I didn't see his early episodes where he was his reasons and stuff, but Warp just feels like he he would be destined to be a starship captain, and I know he becomes a captain of the Defiant, but he does it in a roundabout way, right? I feel he would be yeah. like moved directly I, into command. And
0: honestly, I don't remember. I think it's I think it's maybe related to what's going on with the Klingons as pertains to the Cardassians and some of that kind of stuff maybe and i like the stuff that they do with him and dax because dax has this history of Curzon being you know really close with the klingons and so they they connected in that way um but yeah the the Wharf stuff i think mostly was fine like you give him more opportunities to interact with the ferengi and that's always good for a little a little comic comic uh relief
1: yeah, the in the Cisco part, the Cisco's are the Cisco, as they call them, the emissary. It is again that goes back to the I don't really find interest in, in Bejor. Um so if you don't like Bejor and Bajorans and that whole culture, the emissary stuff is not interesting. And that seems to be Cisco's primary
0: storylines for the most part, is is, is his yeah, it, re, the, the, you know it comes and goes, but it's it's a major component for sure. It
1: it is, and then it it's always frustrating. It like it... They never explain anything about the emissary or the portal aliens and anything. They just randomly show up, give out weird riddles that make no sense whatsoever, and, and they will not listen to anything he says as he just babbles on, like, tell me things, tell me things, and they just talk, never talk in right words. And then they come in and destroy an entire Dominion fleet for no reason. right? Like gets, And then they disappear and you never see them again. And it's just so weird that... It didn't make any. It never made any sense or had any attachment to me. Wow, we just went too much along on Deep Space Nine. But
0: <laughs> yeah, we we talked a lot about Deep Space Nine here for a minute.
1: Um, <laughs> I don't know uh, why they uh, came I've, that way. I've already
0: closed my.
1: Uh, People are going to be upset with me about like that was because I get that like that is the greatest. Star Trek that was of the all best. Time.
0: That was the best episode. So you watched. <laughs> um, you watched the new King Kong movie or oh, yeah, uh, right. Godzilla movie.
1: Yeah, I did. Um, I I had weird planned on our buddy Justin had mentioned wanting to go see that show in the theaters at the IMAX, mm-hmm. and and then sent me. You know, he just said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch this." And I was like, that, "Absolutely, it sounds fantastic." So he he messaged me and, and texted me and said, "Hey, you you want to go?" Like, "Yeah, let's do it." And right there, we bought tickets. It was like three weeks early, um, and our IMAX, my IMAX is an hour away up in Indianapolis. Um, right, right, same for both of us. So so we drove up there on Wednesday night. Um, to a movie theater, and we've talked a lot on this show about going to movie theaters during the pandemic. You know, and we've g- gone over how mm-hmm. I've done it a couple times and experiences and whatnot. We're coming in the time of the world now, where at least in America, where people are starting to relax restrictions and people yep. are uh, there's vac- there's a lot of vaccines happening. My I myself mm-hmm. has have happily taken the first vaccine shot. Um, so there's a lot of people more out, I guess to say, and we went to a big city where people were out, where theaters okay. open and yeah. there was a lot of people here. There was a lot more than anything. It was completely sold out with the oh, social wow. distancing rules.
0: Oh, sure. With limited uh, capacity.
1: Yeah. So it was the fullest that it could be. Right. Got Got uh, it. And so when I'm looking around the theater, there was a lot of people there. It, it definitely was a lot. Of, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing. That doesn't really make the big thing to the story. But the idea was that I, I did go to a theater and it did have the feeling of a lot of people again, right? The the okay, the, sure, the sure. food line, when I went to the theaters here in Bloomington, there's nobody in the lobby. They closed the lobby early because they don't make enough concession money type yep, stuff. Yep. Uh, here, it was, uh, we waited in line to, you know, with a lot of people. And then we had to get mm-hmm. our, got our food, our popcorn and pretzel bites ordered and then had to go stand on the side and wait for our pretzel bites to come because there was a line for the pretzel stuff. So there was a lot of people there, um, not just for the King Kong because this is a big Megaplex-type you know cinema. Okay. Uh, so that was very cool to see, first off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then King Kong had a lot of people, which is very cool, but it was easy because it was social distances. So there was, like, seats in between everybody, so we had lots of space still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's IMAX. But uh, the movie itself was uh, very summer blockbustery. Uh, there are some spoilers yes. that, that I won't mention and uh, so won't talk about any, don't worry about spoilers um but it uh if you watched Godzilla of King of Monsters that came out last it's very much mm-hmm. like that feels like that except worse human talky talky parts hmm. like okay the the, the humans and if you watched any of the Transformer movies you know that there are humans in it <laughs> but they're always doing things that don't really ever matter in the long run. Sure, uh, sure. Right. They they might at the last minute all the culmination or the thing is that they make it in the computer room and press the launch button. That might be the only thing that matters in the whole movie, right? That a human does. Same thing here. Like there's a whole bunch of well, I'd say whole bunch, but there's like anything that humans are, they don't matter. Godzilla and King Kong are going to do their things, right? Right. Um it, it also has a lot of nonsense. Sid and I talked about this on the way home. In the first five minutes, you realize that oh, okay, so we're just going to throw logic out the window and just not worry about that. Okay, check, got that. We're moving on. It's so there's a couple things that are so far out there that you're like, yep, just just we get this. This is the kind of movie we're watching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. They're just going to open up a hole in the ground that goes directly to the earth. That they get there in like 35 seconds. Uh, okay, that's where we're at in in, in the world. Sure. Um, and when you're okay with when you're with when you're fine with that, then you're just at that point, just enjoying the huge explosion spectacle and sci-fi lens flares and stuff like that on the screens. You know, the the incredible, incredible CGI. If you can't appreciate the, where CGI is coming from, come from these days, then you're crazy. Um, sure. Especially in IMAX, I'm watching what is literally a gigantic gorilla sitting there, and in IMAX you can see the the, the birds flying across the screen that look like big like, to me, the size of a car going across. But if it was on the small screen, they would just be a little bitty speck that you wouldn't even notice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of cool to see those um, big type things, and so the, and the fights were really cool. So the movie itself was just very summer blockbuster, but I will say that what made it so much better and very enjoyable was watching it in the movie theater on that huge screen with, you know, sound that was erupting everywhere, and then you know the a couple oohs and ahs from a, a thing that would happen, um, and and when you see a, a gigantic lizard shoot his laser breath into the ground and it rumbles around you, and you know you can hear the whole theater go, the sound design goes and then pause and it's quiet in the theater for a second and then boom, right? You feel it, you see it light explodes all around you in a dark room. And then that's just a, that's just an experience, man. It's, you know, very cool. Um, And that's why I wrote is there. So it's one of those things that makes me feel that like there's always going to be a movie theater thing. Warner brothers released this on HBO max at the same time. And there were a lot of people that got to watch it on HBO max Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, even if it was a normal summer blockbuster movie, may have not come out or ever watched it on a, a theater. They got to watch it because they had HBO Max. Right. Um, so that that's cool. I definitely think that it should be watched in, in a theater, but I also know people don't like movie theaters. You know, some people don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's cool that we, we kind of have options now. It'll be interesting to shake out how the profitability of all this, whether Warner Brothers, which they made a lot of, but then like $25 million or something like that off the first weekend of Godzilla. Um,
0: okay. That's not bad.
1: Well, that's funny. You just feel like that's not bad, but like a movie like this should make
0: $150 million in its first. Weekend, yeah. That's what I right? mean. It's, it's not bad in COVID times, like under normal right. circumstances, no. that would be, that would be pretty bad, but that would
1: be terrible. That'd be a bomb. But, but now you're right. Everyone says like, Oh, that's pre- that's pretty good. And made $20 million. Like, yeah, it, it is. But it's a weird thing that we, we live in a world where $20 million for a, Hundred fifty two 200 million dollar cost movie. You know, that's 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 good. Um right. So, yeah, you know, I I wonder what their profits are with HBO Max if they are. It's it's going to be cool. I think either way with the experience that I had uh our movie going theater experience is still going to be here to stay. Right? There's nothing that that matches that in the same kind of experience um for people who like that kind of experience. You, you're not going to get sure. anywhere else um but hopefully it comes out where you can have both right where people can enjoy a show if they like Endgame game or infinity wars who am i to say that you should watch it in an environment you know if, if you want to watch it for however you want to watch it to be part of that sure um, but i i did i enjoyed king kong versus the monkey man or the the dino man
0: I read a I read an interesting and I don't think I even finished reading the article but I read an article a guy sort of breaking down all the all the Godzilla movies as they kind of went through these various shifts and changes over the years because the very first one which I want to say was like 53 or 4 mm-hmm. um which might be it might be just after the the end of the US occupation following world war ii okay um but the uh the director the the guy who made that movie was inspired by king kong right which is funny like they right. come back to to fight each other and like in the lore you know you don't know it doesn't really seem it doesn't really seem like an even match and i'm like well did they make the um did they make king kong as big as they've now made godzilla then (laughs) well he's got thumbs so right i don't know if you're getting into that nerd fight but um the story (laughs) of the original first movie was that kong or um godzilla was this monster this kaiju um in in long sleep down in the ocean and the side effects and whatever from the bombs Hiroshima and, and Nagasaki woke him up mm, and so right, right. he's, he's got scales like the people with radiation sickness and, and such from that, from the, or no, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the bombs. I think it's the testing because we did testing in the ocean. Oh, okay. And other people did too, but the, the nuclear testing um, is what woke him up. And so it's this like dark, hopeless kind of, Uh, thing to where, you know, some decade or two later, they did Monster Island, which makes, you know, opens those these stories up to basically be like kids Saturday morning television kind of entertainment, you know, big, big monsters fighting and Mothra and her lore and all this kind of crazy stuff, because I never got I never really got very big into into any of this stuff like it all just seemed like nonsense uh um summer blockbuster but there's also a there's also a thing that i that i did not consider where um american studios would buy foreign films or or in this case japanese films and then like remix them like edit so weird right edit the scenes together to make to make a different kind of movie And so you have something that if you're going back and looking at it now, like even if you saw the original, you know, Japanese movie, you would still see all of the like, um, you know, it's a guy in a guy in a big suit and um, all of all of that kind of stuff. But then you see the like low budget dubbed, like remixed version of that story made for Americans. And you're like, boy, this looks like just... Campy, you know, you know, hack, uh a mess, right? It looks—it's right. a joke. It's mystery science theater fodder. But the original movie was not was not like that, right? It was in Japanese, and it had the the scenes in a specific order, and not all mixed up like an episode of Power Rangers.
1: It's Power Rangers is, is the example they did that with, right? Like they did the yeah. same thing, and they took those things and. Uh, a lot of Japan, it's so weird that America did that kind of stuff is that they just took footage and like we could make our own movie out of this thing, which is so weird.
0: But it's weird,
1: yeah. yeah. We, we, uh, I, I honestly didn't watch a lot of uh Godzilla or King Kong movies growing up either. watched. I, I know I watch them here and there, like occasionally when they're on the, sh- on the TV, but um, this the same thing was that it's the same, I think it's the same tradition that they have now with the current movies, is, is what I said. The humans don't really matter. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. You're still just you're still just looking for um uh the monster fights or the you know, between whoever they're fighting. And with, with King Kong, the people did shoot at him and stuff, but I don't know. I, I think I remember kind of that it mattered. Like he I think he got shot down and killed in some of the movies, right, where he climbs up the Empire State building and then
0: airplanes shoot yeah, him down or something. I think the in the most in the most standard version of the King Kong story, he falls in love with the woman, Jane, or whatever her Whoever name is. Whoever it might be, yeah. And because he is trying to protect her, um, he leaves himself open and and gets shot and uh and falls. Man, women right always does
1: it for you, man. It's always the always the weak yeah, spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he and, and yeah, Kong is always seen as the sympathetic to, to a, a lady. Person as as anybody,
0: yeah. Um, love, love. Twas love that killed the beast, or whatever.
1: Right. Oh, and and that's you know they they keep that on with the, this show as well. They're very they very much have their personalities. Godzilla is still always very like the the benevolent dictator, which is really funny actually because he's like the king of monsters, right? He is the one that like yeah. alpha, whatever. You've been decided since the last movie. I think the King of Monsters movie. Humans and the human race realize that that uh, they can't do anything against this monster who's going to destroy the world. And, you know, they now side with King Kong, are thankful for their big hitter, and they're just going to be supplicant to him and do whatever they can to help, right? Hmm. And then when he's done, they're like, the show ends in the credits. We're like, Godzilla's our hero and our savior and goes off, right? You know, And in this movie, it's the same kind of way. You still feel like... Godzilla, we, we now that people in the Godzilla King Kong world are just living in a world where they're not the apex predator anymore, right? They're, they are living in a world where somebody else dictates by their whims of whatever, if they're going to live or die at any minute, um, Sure, which is, which is funny, but that, that was, that, that was, they didn't really explore that terribly. They do a little bit, but nothing seriously, but that was actually a really interesting topic to me. It was like, Godzilla's a good guy. Yes. And as you can see the trailers in this movie, like he does some things that aren't necessarily good for humans. He decides he's going to attack things for whatever he reason he deems he's going to. And humans just have to live with it. Right there. There's something going on in a city that he doesn't like. So he goes in there and starts destroying the whole city. Right. Mm. And whether, and, and obviously you find out that there's a reason for it and, you find that early on in the show, there's a reason for it, but still, it made me think, man, what is it when we're on the planet Earth when some creature can just be like, uh, I think that this shouldn't be the way it is, so I'm just going to destroy a city. You know, <laughs> that's right. It's crazy, but cool. I mean, it was that's it's really interesting. I think even the show, Justin came away saying, you know, like they just like they go to a gigantic city and
0: just wreck it, like. Massive yep. metropolis, you yep. know, and they just wreck it, no big deal, yeah uh, I mean that's the that's the legacy of that first movie, as I was saying I read in that article. It's like mm-hmm. it's a guy in the suit, and in the fifties, the technology that they had available to make this suit meant it was like two hundred pounds <laughs> <Right>. and so <laughs> the way the way that Godzilla walks is this kind of dinosaur thing because he wasn't even really you know it wasn't like they were trying to make a lizard it was like a guy in a suit with this monster head this like sea dragon kind (laughs) of monster head and the only way that he could move was with this like one foot planted the other foot kind of swings slowly forward and he just (laughs) lumbers and plows his way through uh, you know a city of of model you know model city of, of little buildings uh because that was the only way he could move the suit was so heavy
1: Right. So he just wrecked through little bitty models of cities. Yeah. 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 It's it's so funny. You, You watch these shows and they're just fine, but it always takes me back to when the internet nerds lost their minds because Superman fought Zod and like, Oh my God, the collateral damage and Superman's the worst hero ever now because he fought in Metropolis. I'm like, have you ever watched a Godzilla movie and you're cheering on Godzilla as he levels an entire
0: city? (laughs) I yeah what what bothered me about Man of Steel was that it felt and and in retrospect I could see Zack Snyder setting up Batman versus Superman right so like it was intentional but when I watched the movie I was like were these guys whoever made this movie because I wasn't really aware of Zack Snyder at the time I'm like whoever made this movie they sat in their in their planning room and somebody was like you know how in all the movies there's they're always like smashing into buildings and stuff as they're doing all the stuff, you know, like in Avengers mm-hmm. when they these things flying around and they're crashing into buildings and you're like, were there any people in those buildings? Like, <laughs> are we going to, are we going to address that at all? It was like, somebody had a problem with that. So man of steel, every other scene, one of them would hit the other and it would, it would cause enough damage to a building that the building would start coming down. And it just right. happened over and over. And I was like, true. True. Right. Okay, we get it. There's collateral damage. Lots of collateral damage. Right. Yeah. And you're right, and
1: they do that they do that big they really just focus big on, on Man of Steel with that. You know, and, and, and it and a, it's intentional, right? That they yeah. want
0: to set up, you know, pissing off Bruce Wayne so that he can <laughs> Well, as a byproduct of that, you
1: you actually have suit. long scenes of Avengers Age of Ultron where uh I think it was Joss Whedon that did that one, like intentionally spent lots of time instead of seeing built they still crumb made buildings crumble and fall down but they spent so much time of heroes rescuing evacuating citizens.
0: civilians like, yeah.
1: all the time it was that entire last scene was half of it was them running from person to person getting them into to boats lifeboats and you know getting them out mm-hmm. of the city which you know that that felt that feels now in hindsight like that's totally a re- reactionary thing to the feet, backlash of man of steel killing everybody around them sure sure so yeah, anyway, it was a good movie. Um, it's nice to be back again, be back in that real kind of theater environment. Um, we'll get more of it. You know, I think uh, Black Widow is going to be released. That That's actually one I'm looking at as, you know, for numbers, when you want to start looking at a number um, mm. for theater stuff, because it'll be released in the summer after a lot of people had a lot of time to get second rounds of vaccines. Sure. Um, and it's also going to be released on Disney Plus at the same time. Um, if that can make good money in the theaters, I, I honestly believe that we can keep. I think businesses like uh, movie companies will start to feel that it's okay to release simultaneously, because if they can make good, profitable business in the theater and release it at home and make money off that, that can change. It'll, that can change things. Both. Yeah, yeah, for po- for positive, you know, stuff for everybody all around. And not have yeah. to fight it, right? Yeah. So we'll see that this this summer. I think there's some other big summer things coming, but uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, I assume so. I don't know. I've not been keeping up
1: with that news. It's a, it's it's all it's all kind of a nervous thing. I think mm-hmm. the, the the theaters are are signaling that it can happen. I think the the people are signaling it that they want to to it to happen. That they want right. it to come back. Not everybody, of course, but I think that there's, you know, consumer confidence that's starting to happen. And, sure. And and but it's it's money; it's a lot of money and tied up at millions and millions of dollars, yeah, not billions for sure. of dollars,
0: for sure. Yeah. All well, right. Well, uh, let's see. Next week we'll probably have more. Um. um Last Kingdom.
1: Oh, hopefully um, I, I actually started season three. I'm most of the way through season three. And it doesn't, okay. I'm just letting you know, it does not let up. I think, <laughs> did I text you recently? Because it's hard for me sometimes you, to not like explain did. out loud. You did. When
0: watch, watching I'm, the show. I'm still, uh, boy, I don't, now it's been enough days that I've already forgotten. I think I'm in an arc where he's separated from from everybody else and uh, still on, on a quote unquote wife number four.
1: <laughs> is it number four mark, right
0: mark, marking marking time that way the, the, uh, uh... yeah so i'm in that <laughs> and um you mentioned a show called invincible is that oh, animated
1: it's it is an animated show okay so i'll, uh, I'll try and i'll try and watch you some you can of watch that. at least a couple of those and it's not i don't know if it has to be a show that you won't have to watch forever or that i would say everybody watch i'm good mm-hmm. i'm excited about the next one that's out um okay. but i i'd love to hear your reaction honestly like to see what you think of the first couple episodes in just general comments. Cause like I said, I've read the comic book and I, and this follows the mm. comic book really straight and narrow with it. Okay. Um, and, and which is exciting to me. It's not like an adaptation, like MCU stuff is. It's pretty much like what it is. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a hard thing to describe without experiencing it in the comic book. Um, so hopefully I can get your reaction on that and, good or bad it does i don't think that, that it has to be either way it it's it's a very interesting storytelling thing so right yeah uh, cool invincible next yeah. week i'll i'll watch the rest of that yeah. one and some some last kingdom
0: yeah yeah and then maybe we don't have we don't have any movies we're watching a lot of shows maybe when we get in another lull we should go watch and rewatch uh uh evangelion the kaiju like Yeager, I, you know that that is they're one Yeagers, that i they're avas but
1: yeah that that is one that i think that has got to be on my list of i think i might like that type thing yeah right? when that, when that looks like when one. people
0: when when people used to have like must watch animes for people getting into anime um that was on the list along with uh probably like cowboy bebop and uh a handful of others that I've, some of which I've seen and some of which I haven't seen, but uh, yeah, when we have a, I don't, I won't, we have enough to watch this week. But mm-hmm. talking about the Godzilla stuff reminds me of that of that anime that's in the same genre. So,
1: oh, I, w- um, I want to close that a, a subject in our last, well, we're over it now, but last thirty seconds. Uh, I, I had kind of mentioned here in little bits here and there that I've been rewatching Stargate SGU, which was the Battlestar Galactica esque type Stargate series. Um, okay. I, I got into the second season and I started the first season. I really enjoyed And the entire time I've, I, as I reviewed on the, the show again, like I kept wondering, Oh, this is terrible. Sad thing that they, they stopped the series. And as I'm watching season two, <clears throat> I was quickly reminded why they stopped the series. And I, I start mm. to, <laughs> with every episode, I start to remember that, Oh, for this whole season and, or just the last season, they start really, really putting emphasis on the worst parts of the show. Like, the Uh-oh. worst characters get not just a little of the screen time, they become the primary central characters. Yeah. And the worst things that you can see, hap- see happening, like, oh, this guy's being a jerk, and his M.O. is that he's a jerk, but he's got a sweetheart. And the second season is like, let's ratchet his jerk up to 25 and then completely eliminate his good guy stuff. Right? So everything that's terrible about that wasn't so great they made the focus Hmm, Uh, so which makes me you know feel like oh god i really am slugging through this thing and when it's over i'm gonna feel like yeah that's probably why they ended the show so that was my cap of loving sgu to not hating it but thinking yeah this is it's a thing that was two seasons and it should be done and it's done right cool Mm -hmm. man i think we 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 won the the world's hearts tonight. (laughs) Did it? Did it? Wrapped it up? Yeah. All
0: right. You have been listening to The Front Porch, episode 189. We're coming up on 200
1: already. Coming up there real fast.
0: Uh, Thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. If you want uh, news on movies and pop culture and board games, uh, check them out. Uh, If you want to... Uh, reach out to us with questions, comments, feedback, suggestions for things we should watch, old classic animes. Um, You can uh, use contact forms on our website. That address is frontporchpodcast.com, or you can email us at frontporchpod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever podcasts are found. While you're there, if you, again, enjoy the show, if you leave us a review, that helps us out. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For The Front Porch. Hi, everybody. See you next time.